0: Wildfire Podcast is an extension of Wildfire Ministries, an organisation that has a focus of igniting men and women of God into a deeper discipleship with Christ, instilling them with a passion to radically and relentlessly pursue Christ wherever that leads, that God's truth will spread like a wildfire.
1: Welcome to the Wildfire Podcast and I think this will be a lot of people's favourite episode. Because Luke Taylor is not with us. Amen, And amen. He, he has been replaced with a superior Taylor, Mark. <laughs> Peter, thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your kindness. <laughs> it's just truth, Mark. Uh, yes, there Peter, I understand. Although, I'll not be too harsh because Luke is behind the camera today. Um, yes, so. Luke, we still love you. We're sorry. But it's good to be here, Peter. Yes. Thank you for having me. No problem. And I mean that. Thank you yeah. so much for having me. I've mm-hmm. been looking forward to meeting up with you. Yeah, that's good. Um, so, Mark, we're going to talk just about your story. Yeah. Um, so, just... Give us in 30 seconds. Um, like, <laughs> for <yes>. the time. <laughs> yeah, I have to give more time, <laughs> because he does tend to elaborate quite a bit. Um, 30 seconds. I Just yeah. a little bit who I am. Sure.
0: Obviously, you've referred Luke's daddy, Mark, married to Heather, another son, Dylan, originally from Cookstown, um, and moved up to the North Coast, Peter, in 2009, and just have had an amazing journey right through the whole time moving up here. Came from a bit of a broken family but God came in a mighty way to that family mm. and transformed the Taylor family. And it's just incredible. So, oh, Peter, God is so good. He is so good. So that's it in
1: 30 seconds. Are you prayed yeah, and Yeah, that was good. Good job. We'll try and keep that consistency there. Right. That? <laughs> yeah, yeah, be all, yeah. yeah, it will last. It will not last. Yeah. Um, so, Mark, we actually had you on today so we can talk about your cancer journey and yeah. a little bit about suffering. So would you care to just tell us a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, Peter, I'll take you back to 2020 when this all started. So 2020 was a tough year and as you said rightly to me, tough year for everybody, mm-hmm. pretty much tough year for everybody. But what what was happening in my own personal life, extreme fatigue Peter, weight loss, still an appetite, joint pain, just felt awful. And during 2020 on two occasions they admitted me into Antrimary Hospital into an isolation ward both times, for a number of days both times. And they had said that I had all the symptoms of COVID because I had this horrendous cough. Mm -hmm. And and Peter, literally, it was so bad. I couldn't have talked and got a sentence together without going into a kink of cough and really short of breath. So obviously there was some symptoms that looked like the COVID. Mm -hmm. So Peter, that was the whole situation. Doctors came to me. I remember two doctors in particular came around to see me because they were thinking, oh, it could be rheumatoid arthritis. That was another thing. And the guy says, oh, and one of them just, done a wee tap on my arm and says you're a young man it's a virus it could be covid it'll burn out just keep doing what you're doing and keep going so i did keep going peter i just kept going it was a friday afternoon i was in wallace's you know in ballymena where you've come in a few oh, times I bought shoes off you, you bought now. shoes of me peter and uh it was in wallace's on a friday afternoon my wife heather rang and she says mark dr johnson was just on the phone and this was the first incredible miracle in my whole whole journey, Peter. Dr. Johnson was a doctor that has never examined me. I have never seen him. He, I have never been his patient. But somehow my bloods, that had been horrendously bad for a solid year, by the way. Inflammation markers of well over 100. And if anybody knows anything about inflammation markers, that's ridiculous. Inflammation markers well over 100. But my bloods had come across his desk. He phoned my wife, Heather. Heather phoned me and she says, look, Dr. Johnson's not happy and he's ordered a scan for you so Peter the scan was done really really quickly it was a Monday afternoon and I was sitting in the front room of the house boys were upstairs and the phone went and Dr Johnson says Mark are you sitting and I says yes I am he says look I'm sorry to have to do this in such strange circumstances due to the COVID you know etc cetera, etc cetera. but he says I'm ringing to tell you that you've got cancer and that's just how he said it. And I, I asked him, I says, Dr. Johnson, where? He says, you've got a massive tumour in your left kidney and we need to operate ASAP. So, Peter, that, that's just how it happened. Straight over phone call, straight out, Mark, you've got cancer.
1: And how, how did you process something like that?
0: How a process did I remember uh, initially, you know, Heather and I, there was just that little period of silence, but I called the boys downstairs, still and looked downstairs and yeah, I think I was a little emotional, but I, I would cry <laughs> anyway, I, you know, I an or something dinner. but I uh, shed a wee bit of a tear, Peter, but I said to the boys straight out, I says, look boys, your daddy's going to fight this and I'm going to fight it and I'm going to face it with God and, and I'll tell you what thrilled my heart just that day Peter was I just sat remember sitting in the wee armchair where I took the phone call and I just remember a supernatural peace that only God could have give just coming into the room uh, and just something just came upon me just to say Do you know what yes you could cancer but I'm going to be with you through this yeah, and that's what happened so um,
1: initial shock Peter but a lovely sense of calm. Yeah. So that's how we processed it. Yeah. And what are some things? Because I know I, I I'm not very good at this, but what are some things people can do to comfort you in that? Whenever you just got a bad diagnosis, whenever a loved a loved ones just died, what some things that people can come alongside you and say that would be helpful? That would Absolutely, be
0: helpful. that's a really good
1: question, mm-hmm.
0: Peter. I'll start by saying what I feel we shouldn't do. That's, okay. Yeah. I'm start thing as by well. saying, mm-hmm. um, and I've learned this from experience. Even me visiting folk. Sometimes people mean so well and they will turn up at your house or at your bedside and they'll come with a three-point sermon, Peter, followed by loads of sub-points and Mm sub-sub-points and they mean well. But you're in this state, whether in your mind you're processing stuff or whether physically you're enduring stuff stuff, and you can't take all that in. They mean well. So what I will say to anyone that visits or anyone that draws alongside someone with your journey, you don't need to go with a big sermon. Okay, so that's not what to do. Mm. But what I learnt was, and this is so vitally important, sometimes it's just good for somebody to be there, just to put your arm around you and say, look, I've never been where you are. And just admit that, but I want you to know I'm there for you and I love you.
1: Sure.
0: And, and just the love that someone can offer you, Peter, just for you to know that they're going to be with you in the journey. It's so, so important. Now, I want to reiterate something, in case people look at this think he's a heretic. The word of God is so vaguely important as well, Peter. Mm. So, sending a lovely verse, and, and I received so many verses just at the right time, by the way, over my journey. But what I am saying is, don't come with a barrage of stuff. I remember, you know, one of the, the verses, Peter, that is constantly flung out there. When, when people are going through illness, that people give to them, folk that are going through illness, they will give you that verse, as for God, his way is perfect. But they're the ones standing here at the end of the bed mm-hmm. and they're not the ones lying in the bed. Right. And sometimes it's just hard to comprehend in suffering, God's will in that. But yet, the essence and the truth of that verse is very real. As for God, his way is perfect. But it's just using the right phraseology, and coming with the right thing at the right time just to bless someone, Peter.
1: Yeah. I'm really curious to get your take on it as well because you were a pastor and now you've been on the other side of the equation as well. So, Peter, I I
0: remember, and that's a really good point, I remember visiting many people and I've, I've stood at many, many bedsides with people that are sick and I think I've learned this more now myself. And I think the biggest thing that any family, any patient... Any person that is suffering in any way needs. And the Bible, right throughout the whole of the Bible, there's a key word, and it's the word love. Show them love. And and I think, Peter, the other thing that people need to grasp, especially Christians, it's by their fruits you shall know them. And it's in times of suffering that Christians should rise to the occasion and come alongside you and help. Mm-hmm. And I think you might ask me about that in a few minutes. Yes,
1: well, I'll ask you about it now, sure, and cut the chase. When it comes to rising to the occasion, I haven't been in that position yet, but we all, we're all going to die at some stage. So how do we prepare ourselves now for those tra- times of trials and suffering that will come?
0: The first thing that I'm going to say, and you'll agree with me, is the first preparation that we need, Peter, is to know Jesus Christ personally. Okay? You've got to know him personally because you can face many things in life, not just illness by the way, financial problems, marital problems, family breakdown problems, loads of things in life. But without Christ, without Christ, then things become more difficult. So. Known Jesus. Do you remember, Peter, me and you grew up in the Gospel Hall background. Amen, amen? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Do you remember we sang that class week course? I don't know if you sang it in your wee place. With Christ in the vessel we can smile at the storm. Smile. Do you remember that I'm course? I'm not remember that one. i away my age. But we used to sing that, look, with Christ in the vessel you can smile at the storm as we go sailing home. And that is so true. If you could Christ in the vessel, if you know Jesus Christ, it is so, so good. But... The other thing, and I want to refer to this, there was one person when I received my diagnosis that I would have loved to have shared it with, and you know who I'm going to say, and many of the young people that will be watching this know this gentleman or will have, will know of him. His name is Mr. Norman Linus, the founder of Exodus. Norman Linus was my mentor for 16 plus years, and Norman went to be with Jesus. And I remember there was many occasions that I would have just loved to have had Norman there. So... Knowing Jesus, he's a friend that sticks closer than any brother, but also to have someone that you can trust and turn to. Because Peter, let's be honest, there's going to be crap days. Like I'm not, I not—I wasn't always floating. Yeah. There was the odd day when it just hit me. And I'm going to refer to one of those occasions. And it was an occasion where Luke Taylor, my son, came to me as we were drying dishes in the kitchen one Sunday afternoon. And as he was drying a little cup, he just looked, straight into my face and he says daddy are you excited about going to heaven and it was at that moment it just hit me do you know what even luke's thinking here i could be in heaven sooner than i think Mm -hmm. and am i really excited about heaven am i really excited to be with jesus christ and of course many of us christians want to stay on earth as long as possible peter and that's true that's human nature Mm -hmm. but the bible says to be with christ which is far better so salvation knowing Jesus but having an accountability someone in your life someone that you can trust a mentor that can come alongside you and just journey with you Peter
1: yeah yeah that's that's good advice um and you kind of mentioned it there slightly but did, did you fear death
0: I can genuinely look at you Peter mm-hmm. and tell you I have never in this journey had a moment where I have like literally been wetting myself literally petrified of death. Mm-hmm. Genuinely I've never at that moment I have received a peace that genuinely passes all understanding and it has been incredible. Now over the past number of weeks we have been at many grave sites where people have lost their fight with cancer but there was a minister who said something to me, he says they haven't lost their fight with cancer. They haven't lost their fight with cancer. Jesus Christ has just took them to a better place. Mm. And I thought that was so, so important to, to just stress. So no, Peter, I didn't face death. I know the Bible says the last enemy to be defeated is death. But no, I've never had that fear, Peter. Yep. No, I haven't. Missing Heather and the boys, maybe. Yes. Why, can I ask a question? Sure. Why does my son look like he never miss me, Peter? <laughs>
1: yeah it looks quite morbid. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> morbid yeah i love him i love him yeah he, he did tell a story about whenever you receive your diagnosis he said they were all crying but i do not really see the point of crying <laughs> <laughs>
0: that is stupid, because luke's, luke's
1: luke's mind is always do you know what this is a
0: win-win situation for you dad do you know what i mean uh-huh. dad if you die with cancer it's christ mm-hmm. for you it's glory but dad if you live and beat cancer then you're in a win-win as well so yeah. he's right I was not a win-win situation Peter yeah. and and knowing Jesus that's what makes that possible yeah. and he's probably just hoping his name's in the will somewhere as well probably. Uh... he's getting nothing he's like that prodigal son you remember that prodigal son <laughs> that came to the father uh-huh. you know when
1: the yeah. father was still living give me my will now dad Luke Taylor's as bad as that <laughs> No, he's
0: not
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, when it comes to Heather and the boys as well, did it help for you knowing that people were helping them out when you were in hospital? Like I remember asking Luke on a few occasions, like, "Do you need any meals or anything like that? Can we help in any way?" And Luke said, "No, the fridge is full." Peter, that's a great point, and I want to I want to really thank folk. And um, our freezer
0: was full, mm-hmm. our fridge was full. In fact, I remember they couldn't even get room in the fridge to get some of the stuff. And there there's a wee gospel hall, you know it well, it's a family background of your own, your dad and mum and your your family. Bell the loop gospel hall was so near our house, Peter. Mm-hmm. And the fucking in Ballin the Loop, I can't honestly tell you how many times they arrived up with meals, financial gifts at the right time. So many people, but not just Bell the Loop Gospel Hall, Peter. Wallace is where I worked. Oh Peter could we could take the next, honestly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I want to say that there were so many Christians that came. And that was such a piece to me as I lay in hospital. I knew that Heather and the boys were being looked after at home by God's people. See when God's people come together. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Special. Yeah. And do you remember Peter? And this is why I always read the scriptures. The the, the church of Jesus Christ is referred to as the body. As the body. And it says when one member suffers, we all suffer. So when one part of the body is not functioning the body suffers but you see when the body comes together it's tremendous Peter it's mm-hmm. tremendous so that was brilliant yeah. to know that
1: yeah and uh, especially you as the provider of the family uh-huh. as well it's it's comforting to know that people, that, was that was a big thing that was a big thing Peter Um, and when it comes to your time in hospital are there any stories you'd like to share about evangelism opportunities you had or, ah. like, or people who came in and prayed for you anything like that and again remember we're trying to keep it under the certain time limit as well
0: thanks for yeah. the reminder Peter you're, you're very kind Peter, I want to share two stories very, very quickly. I, I, I want to take you to a week leading up to my second operation, which was on the 11th of January. And um, I was in my little room. And I remember that morning I'd got up very early and i went down to pray and read a psalm to a wee retired Presbyterian minister. Came back to my room and I was sort of singing. And my mum had just phoned as she was doing during hospitals. She'd got to know about FaceTime. The worst thing ever. And my mother would have... You know, rang in FaceTime but she would have been upside down and downside up and every and she would yeah. have said are you upside down or am I upside down but it was mum but she would phoned that morning we were having a lot of time but just when she went off the phone the door opened uh, and it was a consultant and I says isn't it great they're going to go in and do more surgery and they're going to try and search me out and try to help me and she says look Mark she just looked straight at me she says it's time you heard the truth you potentially aren't going to make it you're going to die that's exactly the way she said it mm-hmm. now I want to rewind just to a week before and I get this phone call and it's this lady and she says look you don't know me my name's Angela McCauley you'll you've never met me but I've heard about you I've been watching some of your YouTube videos I want to come and pray with you I says Angela it's impossible nobody was lying in Peter nobody was lying in double sets of doors COVID locked up nurses station at the start nobody was getting in so let me go back fast forward now to that day the consultant as the consultant was about to leave, the wee nurse opened the door and she just whispered into the room There's somebody weird standing at your door And I says to what do you mean weird? She says well come out and see for yourself So I went out and I opened the door and there standing in a big sheepskin coat Grey fuzzy hair, like a pair of DME boots on her was this lady And it just dawned on me, this must be the lady that phoned me the week before now Peter remember I've just been told potentially I'm going to die. So this woman's standing and I says are you Angela McCauley? She says I am. And she says I don't know how I've got in. We know how God made the way. She says I've just got through two sets of double doors. I've walked the whole way through to your room, your room. She's standing outside my room. <laughs> Nobody had got in. And she's standing outside my door and she says I've been up all night. And the Holy Spirit told me that I had to drive from Port of Ferry this morning. And to tell you that you are not going to die. You're going to live. And Peter, that was just miraculous. I remember standing, Peter, she says, put your hands on my shoulders. And I put my hands on each side of her shoulders. And she prayed with me. And boy, I genuinely mean this. I felt the power of the Holy Spirit in that woman's prayers. So that was the first miracle. Mm. It was tremendous. I want to take you to uh, another instance about evangelism. Because as I lay there, Peter, I, I thought, goodness, I ain't going to be in here for months, like. What am I going to do? I can just curl up and like watch YouTube and every Netflix series in the country. Or do I make the most of the time and share Jesus? Mm-hmm. That's what I did. And so I went around all the wards. Because they weren't getting visitors either. Prayed with them and read with them. But I met two priests, Peter. It was incredible. And we got to know him. Father Francis. I, I want to give a shout out to He'll probably be watching this. But I've told him to Father Francis. He's a wee gentleman. Francis, you can sing. I still remember you singing. And I says, what do we do? We'll have wee meetings. And I remember the first night we put on the Reverend William McRae. On his accordion. Mm -hmm. Imagine two priests and Mark Taylor. Singing to the Reverend William McCray. But we were singing. I remember going out of that wee ward. And there was a wee room at the top of that ward. Just into the right hand side. And this wee lady was in it. And as I walked by the room she says. Hello there. And I says hello. Are you the boys that are singing? I says we are. And I thought. Goodness we've upset her. We're singing loud. I says look I am so sorry. uh, If we're keeping you awake or, or, or annoying. she says no you're not. She says, you're the very reason that I'm keeping going on here. Her name was Mrs. Highlands. But anyway, Mason, from that moment, Peter, I started to pray and read with that woman morning and night. But let me explain this to you. Mm-hmm. This is where God came. Talking about evangelism in hospital, best mission field ever. I was home and the phone went, Heather answered, it. she gave me the phone. I says, hello. And this voice says, are you the Reverend Taylor? I says, No and he says is your name Mark Taylor I, he, I says that's right he says I found a wee sheet of paper in my wife's bedside locker and hospital were you in the Galvan I says it was he says it says one of the Reverend Mark Taylor reads and prays and sings with me every night and morning and a phone number and it was the lady's husband and he had phoned to tell me that she had passed away and to ask me would have come to the funeral I went to the funeral it was outside Limavada and I was thrilled to hear Peter the minister say that she had made her peace with God in the hospital in Alton and Galvin. Mm. And that's incredible. So I, I know God had me there, Peter, yeah. to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that was terrific.
1: Yeah, and it's just amazing the fact that even with COVID and all, their families couldn't get in. Probably any other ministers or pastors couldn't get in. But God was able to just place you right where you needed to be.
0: I want to share one other thing. Can I? I know I know you're I, right. I there. won't be able to stop you.
1: <laughs> so just so go for I it. I want to
0: share one thing. Uh, and I'll not mention the name, but one of the doctors, my first one then, uh, November the 17th, I think it was, Peter, I got out in January the 18th. I think the M-dates are right. November 17th, January 18th. doesn't matter, give or take. But one of the doctors, consultants came to me and he says, uh, I know you're good living. I know you're good living. But he says, I've seen enough in my time in here as a surgeon to know that there's nobody out there, there's no God. And obviously, because he was a cancer surgeon, Mm -hmm. and I understood that—that was at the very start of the journey. As I was leaving hospital, Peter, the consultant took a Christian book off me, right? And he came up and put his hand on my shoulder and he says, "By the way, I've been watching some of your YouTube videos. Isn't that incredible?"
1: Yeah. So
0: there was God again. God again, just doing something special. Uh, our prop has just propped something up for us there did yeah. you see that
1: I know we didn't need to because it's going to be the next yes, question I but thanks, thanks anyway thanks for like, giving yourself a purpose <laughs> back
0: there <laughs> um, so what are you doing with yourself now Peter when we lay in hospital or I lay in hospital I, I met countless families some of them one situation in particular a young man came in in the middle of the night just in his early 30s and he died the very next morning with pancreatitis and it was horrendous but I met so many families Peter that we were on their own, and some of them died alone, and some of them were going through cancer alone. So, there was a man by the name of Pastor Roy Kerr and his wife June that had come into my life. Roy Kerr, amazing, phoned me every day and prayed with me, phenomenal. But a couple of years ago, he had formed this thing called Hope to Families, and he had just sort of left it lying dormant as such. But they'd been praying for a young couple, QU you, Peter. A young couple. Did you hear what uh, I said, Peter? Yep.
1: I do not really mean you,
0: and Heather. <laughs> yeah. So we've for this young couple to come and maybe take this work forward. So, Peter, we, Heather and I, we've formed a, a board of trustees. We've set up a charity called Hope to Families. And anyone that's out there that you know, anyone struggling with cancer, we're there to journey with them, to love them where we can. We provide practical support to them. And um, we've been. Ach, I just want to share one wee story. Yeah. Peter, it's amazing just how God has provided there was a wee Romanian family got in touch with us and the young man, his wife and a wee boy well some of the folk might have saw this on Facebook with the wee boy and his lovely wee dicky bone and all we sent them clothes but the daddy of that wee boy was given serious news, serious news only a young man in his early 30s and he couldn't pay for surgery and hope to families was able to pay for surgery so that's what we're doing. Hope to families, just trying to journey, and bless folk, and be there for folk, and ultimately tell them about a saviour that loves them. Yeah, amen. that's that's the whole purpose,
1: Peter. Yeah, yeah. And you can see more about Hope to Families and Mark's YouTube channel as well. Yep,
0: there's there's. Can I just give a wee shout out to that? Yeah. Hope to families Hope to families Please go on to it and have a wee peek at that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and then just one final question for you, Mark, um, and then you can add anything else you want in this question if you've got any further points or anything. Um, but just, do you feel that your journey through suffering brought you closer to God? Oh, Peter. Peter,
0: I'm, I'm taking you back as a conclude to four years ago. Mm-hmm. I was visiting a family in Bushmills. I'll never forget it, Peter. I turned left at Donservic Primary School down Fack Lane.
1: What, what then? <laughs> fack Lane. It sounds a bit dodgy. <laughs> it does, I don't know. It is dodgy <laughs> anything around there. Ulster Scots, Peter. Ulster wow, Scots. Guess, mm-hmm. um,
0: fack, fack Lane. Fack Lane. This Fack Lane. But as I drove down that there, Peter, as clear as I'm speaking to you, the Holy Spirit spoke into my spirit and said, you shall not die. You shall die. Give me the verse set your house in order for you shall die and not live yes set your house in order for you shall die and not live and peter the first part of that verse is amazing set your house in order you know because god wants us all to set our houses in order but the second part of that verse is shocking you shall die and not live so that was the start of my journey peter and how God allowed me from that period of time. Now I didn't know it was going to be diagnosed with cancer at that stage. Yeah. But I started to set things in place. Started to make restitution to people that have hurt Peter. So important as believers. Mm-hmm. So important. You remember 2 Corinthians 5. Peter. Here's what it says. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That every one of us might give an account of the things we've done in the body. Whether it be good or bad. Now that's not to the sinners Peter. That's to us as Christians. And sometimes us Christians live as if we're untouchables. Mm -hmm. But we're going to give an account. So Peter, I had an opportunity then for years. But let me say this. See, as I lay in hospital, Peter, Jesus Christ became so real to me. And so precious to me. And so sweet to me. And it was during that period of time that I knew, if I had never known it before, that Jesus Christ is real. He is so real. So yes, Peter, suffering, I believe with all of my heart, there's two things. Suffering can either drive you from God, you can accuse God, you can blame God, many people do, or suffering can drive you to God. But you remember this one verse, Peter, and so many people give this to so many people that are sick and struggling. As for God, his way is perfect. Psalm 1830, I think that is. As for God, his way is perfect. You see, sometimes when you are suffering, it's hard to see God's... Plans in that, yeah. but then we we're reminded in you remember our ways are not his ways, our thoughts aren't his thoughts. God does things absolutely differently, but can I say this, Peter? Mm. He does things right,
1: yeah.
0: He sees the finished canvas, mm-hmm. and he had me 100% in. <laughs> The hospital to share the gospel of Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Mark. Pleasure. Um, I'll just finish with a wee plug. Um, You heard about Mark singing earlier about how how he even brought people to the Lord. So uh, there's an album available somewhere. Through it all. Through it all. Uh, My granny was able to find her wee copy whenever she heard about Mark's diagnosis. And it's just a picture of Mark and three other guys in their jeans and shirts at White Rocks Beach with a guitar and all.
0: Yeah. That was some powerful times, Peter. (laughs) Through it all. I've learned to trust in Jesus. Mm. Through it all. Amen. Well, thank you
1: very much for coming on, Mark, and for for telling us your
0: story. Thank you so much. Sorry, folks, we went on a wee bit long. Forgive me. Forgive me.